Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Imagine if you could shop the shelves of all your local liquor stores at the same time. Well, spoiler alert, you can with Drizzly, the number one alcohol delivery app. Drizzly lets you compare prices from local liquor stores on a huge selection of beer, wine, and spirits, then get them delivered right to your door in under 60 minutes. And right now, Drizzly is giving all new customers $5 off their first order. Just enter promo code SAVE5 at checkout. Download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y dot com. Ich wart seit Wochen auf diesen Tag und tanz vor Freude über den Asphalt. Als wär's ein Rhythmus, als gäb's ein Lied, das mich immer weiter durch die Straßen zieht. Komm dir entgegen. Hello and welcome to Gegenpressing, the German football podcast from the Football Grad Network. I'm your host, Bryce Dunn, and joining me, as always, is Manu Ved. Manu, how's your week been? Yeah, it's been extremely busy, Bryce, and uh, came back from, from Hamburg, of course, spent some time at the office up in in Hamburg with Transfermarkt, um, had some logistics stuff, put out some really good articles as well. We, the site is really coming together, so it's been a, been a lot of fun being up there and working with some of the other people at Transfermarkt. Then on Friday, I was in, in Salzburg. Um, a lot of people will be kind of confused about what is Manu doing at the at the Salzburg game, right? But um, I did a story previously on Jesse Marsh, so um, kind of wanted to go over there. And I think the timing was really interesting because they're playing Frankfurt, of course, um, in on Thursday in the Europa League and um, do a little bit of scouting. And they had their, their top game as well um, to start the second half of the season. And then I was in, in Leipzig. On, on Saturday, so I went from Salzburg to Munich and then up to Leipzig. So it's been been a little bit of traveling. And then today, had a day off today and went with my, my sister to a hockey game. Um, and people will laugh because that was the third Red Bull team in a row I saw because the local hockey team here in Munich is also owned by Red Bull. So uh, it's been a busy weekend, but a lot of fun as well, Bryce. How about yours? You all good? Yeah, a very good weekend. Um, obviously, um, our other <laughs> uh, member and I uh, enjoyed another victory for Liverpool um, yesterday. Uh, so, so that's all good for us. And yeah, Bundesliga football was as entertaining as always. And we've got uh, so much to talk about. Manu, I'm, I can only guess that you're still awake after this busy weekend because of all the energy drink you've been able to consume along the way. Uh, we will touch uh, on uh, your Red Bull weekend in a little second, but joining Manu and I, as always, is football journalist Chris Williams. Chris, how's your week been? Has it been nearly as busy as that? It has, actually, because I spent uh, five days in Germany um, obviously, we did the podcast last weekend, but I didn't uh, come home, stayed in Germany for a few extra days um, in Hamburg with Manu, um, lovely city, a port city. So I felt really at home, Bryce, obviously, being from Liverpool myself. Um, but yeah, it's been it's been a busy week. I'd just, just like to apologise to everybody because I've got stinking cold. Don't quite think it's a coronavirus, but it's not far off. Well, it's good that we're not sitting across the table from each other and instead we're doing it all via the internet, eh? It leaves Manu and I safe for a little while longer. Anyway, let's get over to Manu and discuss this Red Bull weekend. And I think we need to start in Salzburg. So obviously um, we all know RB uh, Salzburg, whether you've got an interest in the other Bundesliga uh, or whether you've seen them in the Champions League. Um, it's It almost feels like, Manu, they, they should have no players left at the moment. They've created so many fantastic players over the last few years, uh, but they, they seem to be a jumping ship. Um, what did you pick up of note, um, RB Leipzig? How are they looking these days? What's their league position like? And how are they going to fare against Eintracht when they come up against them in Europe? This You're of week? course allowed to call them Red Bull Salzburg, Bryce, um, because they, they actually they're allowed to use the title Red Bull, um, unlike the the side in in Leipzig, right? In in Austria, it's allowed. Yeah, it's it's hard to keep <laughs> up at the moment. Who's who? But we all we all know what they are deep down. Yeah, we? <laughs> sure we do. Um, it's it was actually really interesting to go go. I mean, I spent a lot of time in Salzburg because. 
it's not it's not very far from Munich. It's it's about an hour, and I think it took me an hour and a half there because of the traffic, and then I was I was back in just an hour uh, from Salzburg to Munich. And so it's it's a very very easy day trip to do. So um, I do spend quite a bit of time in Salzburg. It's, it's an amazing city. It's a really really beautiful city. It's a worth a visit for that alone. And I thought you know a Friday night game, close vicinity to Munich. Um, a Spitzenspiel too, a top game in Austria because um, in Red Bull Salzburg were in first place and they were hosting second place. Uh, Lask, uh, Linzer Askar, and um, they are coached by Valerin Ismail. And of course, they were coached last year by Oliver Glasner, who we, who we have now in the Bundesliga with Wolfsburg. And uh, despite Glasner leaving, they're still doing very well. And Valerin Ismail, of course, former Bayern defender is doing a very good job. I mean, they play a very exciting brand of football. Both sides did, and this is, this was a very interesting game. I met the guys from the other Bundesliga podcast. We did a little bit of a video before the game, so that's still up. Um, they were very nice. It was Lee. Um, it was very nice of them to, to let me come down and sort of, uh, you know, bring the gegenpressing podcast to Austria and invade their space a little bit. But seeing that we have collaborated a lot in the past, it was, it was good fun. Um, the Salzburg side... Bryce is, despite them losing this game and uh, conceding first place in the table to uh, Linzer as Car, um, they're they're a very good team. And um, there was a lot of talk about afterwards after the game that um, this result doesn't matter because Lusk is now one point ahead of them. But um, they actually split the table into a championship round and a relegation round, and the, the points are slashed in half. So. This this one point is uh, means very little at this point. They're still playing each other in the league as well. Um, I mean, it's more of a um, psychological thing. And this, it, this was Salzburg's first home defeat um, in the Austrian Bundesliga in 1,157 days. So um, that just gives you a bit of an idea of how good of a team they are, um, especially domestically. I think what you sort of did see um, is that they were missing, um, they would never admit it. And uh, I asked um, Andreas Ulmer, their captain, about this after the game. Um, if they missed Haaland, he said, oh, well, I didn't miss him. I, you know, I don't think we were any worse than we usually are. Um, their main striker now is Patson Daka, who scored 14 goals in the first 17 Austrian Bundesliga games. So he's just behind Haaland's goal-scoring record domestically. Very, very good striker. The thing is, though, he's almost played off Holland in the past, and now all of a sudden he's asked to play more of the central role. And um, I'm not sure he's quite 100% used to that yet. And then, of course, Minamino was such an important player in that uh, in-between line, you know, um, helping deliver the ball up to the front. And, I mean, there's a reason why Liverpool play, picked a player like him, because he's very, very good at what he does in, in that three-man attacking role, right? And I think they're, they're lacking that a little bit. I think they will be able to compensate it in the long run because I, I personally think that Jesse Marsh is one of the, maybe the best coach working in a German-speaking German country that is not Germany. Uh, I think he's an excellent coach. I think he's a coach that really knows the brand of football he wants to play. And I think at some point you, you, you just run into an opponent that is maybe just a bit better that day or more efficient as Lask was and... Um, I think that he's going to. In the, he's. I think Salzburg is still going to win the title. But I think against Frankfurt, um, Frankfurt is maybe hitting them just at the right time because in Austria you can have a couple off days and you maybe drop some points. But in the long run, I think they're still going to be the most consistent side to win this. Uh, I think the Salzburg side that you had before the winter break, though, and they were very good against Liverpool. I was there before the winter break and saw them against Liverpool and they were very good in that game. Would have really caused a lot of problems for Frankfurt, but I think that this current side maybe in two months would cause a lot of problems for Frankfurt, but at the moment I think that Frankfurt are probably going to have the upper hand in this game. Yeah, if, if we just go to you, Chris, um, and speak a little bit about the uh, European tie coming up, Eintracht versus you know Salzburg here. Um, last year we, we've seen just how good... Um, Frankfurt were on European nights. They they were exceptional. Obviously, they've had a lot of players uh, leave uh, since then as well, a little bit like Salzburg. But how seriously do you see Eintracht taking the uh, Europa League this year? And, and how far do you think they can possibly go in the competition? I'm not sure they can go as far as they did last season, which was obviously the semi-final um, when they were very narrowly beaten by Chelsea on penalties. Um, had they got through, I think they could have been playing Champions League football. But... 
as I said last season, I think it might have been a step too far for them. And if you look at the table at the moment, you know they're down in tenth, twenty eight points. They're considerably behind the fight for top four, um, and maybe at the moment. <laughs> I think the Europa League probably comes at an inconvenient time for them because although the 10th on 28 points, um, it's only Mainz are down in 15th on 22. So they're not exactly in the safest of places. Um, they got whipped on the weekend by Dortmund as well quite easily. Um, so yes, maybe not the best time for Adi Hütter, um to be thinking about the Europa League, but it does give them a respite from the league and it'll give them a good chance to maybe get a little bit further in the in the competition than where they are at the moment. Um, but I would be shocked, Bryce, if they got past the quarter-final stage with, with the way they're playing this season and, and the type of personnel that they've lost. Um, but they'll still remain a danger for Salzburg. But, I mean, personally, having watched Salzburg in the Champions League and I think they were really unlucky. Had they been in any other group apart from the group they were in um, with Liverpool and Napoli, I think they would have qualified quite easily. So um, I would say that Frankfurt should probably be very wary of them, even though they have lost Haaland and they have lost Minamino. And they, they still they still pose that threat, even though they were beaten on the weekend. They're still a good side. They still play football um, the red ball way. And we all know how that is played, be it in New York or be it in Leipzig. Um, so yeah, it'll be a danger for Frankfurt, but... Yeah, I I would say last season was their was their biggest shot, and if you look at their league form now, coupled with would the Europa League be a distraction? Because they did fall considerably off the pace in the league last season when they went all the way to the semi final. I wouldn't like to see them do that again, because you know that tenth could become fifteenth quite easy. Yeah, maybe just to add to this, I mean the Salzburg side price is is where the way they just think and work and play football. Um, is is very special. I mean, you can think about the the Red Bull and them being a marketing vehicle and all that. Sure, there, there's various opinions about it, but um, that style of football, uh, even defeat, it's it's quite something else. And I, I, I urge anyone who has an interest in tactics and uh, style of football to, to head to Salzburg and, and give him a chance. Even the Austrian domestic league is. It's a very interesting competition all altogether, all and uh, I think that they're going to they're going to give it their all against Frankfurt, and I think it's going to be a very interesting game. Yeah, it really is going to be an exciting game. Anyone that uh, hadn't planned to tune in, this might be something to to watch on Thursday night. Um, it, it should be a good one, right? Um, Austria producing uh, quite a few uh, talented players at the moment in that league, but also some fantastic coaches. So Manu's right, the tactic could be very interesting. Um, Manu, we're going to go back to you uh, and talk to you about uh, the game on Friday night. The first game of the Bundesliga weekend was Eintracht uh, losing to Borussia Dortmund. Uh, Dortmund, we had said, were so good and then so poor. And now they're back again, it seems. Um, how was the game? Uh, was it that Dortmund were just that good and they seemed to turn it back on again? Or did Eintracht just um, not prepare for it quite right and... Um, Obviously, um, we're we're not a little bit unlucky to concede four. Yeah, so I I watched this. I mean, there was so many weird parallels. Um, the game in Salzburg kicked off at seven, and then the game in Dortmund kicked off at eight thirty, right? So, um, I missed the first little bit, and then I watched the game in the in the media area while writing up my reports for the Salzburg game, and um. There was some really interesting parallels being in Salzburg because before the Salzburg game started, they they unleashed they put up a banner saying, uh, "We support you and not an individual." And in brackets it said Holland, Holland, and of course playing in in Dortmund, and um, then of course Salzburg facing Frankfurt. So it was, a, it was a really weird kind of thing saying, "Okay, well they're kind of like, these things are kind of almost going on parallel." But um, about the game, I think that it's. It is really weird because before the game, Bobic already said, look, we're in a transition phase. A lot of the things that Chris pointed out, we lost some key players. We're currently rebuilding. Um, this has all been part of a, of a long-term process. They have been better, a lot better since the, the restart of the season. Um, but I think the expectations were like, look, we're not going to be um, that team that's going to push sides like Dortmund or Bayern, uh, even though they smashed Bayern 5-1. But we're not going to be that team this year necessarily every weekend. Um, we're going to be still good, but we're not going to be quite a team. And um, I think you saw on 
on Friday night why that is. Um, it's just that when a team like Dortmund is in top form, um, they Frankfurt are not quite on that energy level at the moment where they can um, put a team like that to the test. Um, not all the time. And I think that's really the big difference is that they had these three high-energy weapons up front in Jovic and um, and uh, Rebic, right, that could really, really challenge a backline uh, with their physical play. And Halal, of course, as well. And I think that um, although they're talent-wise, we're still very good up there. They're just That's just not quite there at the moment. And if you side like Dortmund is shows up like it did on, on Friday... Um, I think that it's very it gets very very difficult for anyone, and uh, Dortmund were just fantastic. Um, this is a side that I will never be able to figure out. <laughs> as long as I will do this podcast or cover the Bundesliga, and they work with Lucien Favre, Bryce, because um, we sat here a week ago doing this podcast after a weekend where Dortmund played great against Leverkusen, lost, and also played great against Werder Bremen and lost in the cup. And then they come up and with a performance like this and absolutely smash um, Frankfurt 4-0. And it's, I think it's something that we frustrates a lot of Dortmund fans because they look at the side and they see this enormous amount of potential and the, the things that can be done on the pitch against any team on this planet and then, you know, even within a game, it can just all go away within 10 minutes. And it's almost like Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. It, it just completely fall apart. And this, it's it's almost baffling um, because when they're on their best, like they were on Friday, they're unbeatable. Um, it's just that they don't really seem to be able to get this up on a consistent level. Um, and I... I don't really know what exactly it is that causes Dortmund to do that. Um, but it's it's definitely something that if you are the the decision makers at Dortmund, you look at the side, it must be just something that must be absolutely frustrating you. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, as I said, you know, it it seemed like no length of time ago we were talking about them having a a real go at the the title, and then of course they they slipped up against Leverkusen, and you know we're thinking they've done it again, you know, they've, they've, they've managed to just at their height throw it away again. Uh, this week, you know, we've seen some fantastic football and they completely outplayed Eintracht. Eintracht only having one shot in the entire game, which, you know, there's not many teams in the Bundesliga that will be able to, you know, to do that to to such a Frankfurt side. Uh, we've seen some great goals, peace checks, you know, Guerrero scored fantastic goals, Sancho was on fire again, and of course, Haaland got on the score sheet but Chris um, just before we talk about the uh, European game coming up on Tuesday night against PSG I just wanted to make a mention to Hakimi who I feel doesn't get enough mention uh, you know, in a team that has so many uh, spectacular you know attacking players he, he just seems to be going about business getting assists here and there and he, he's always dangerous on the ball I've, I've been really impressed when I've seen him this season yeah, he's a very good player. Obviously, picked himself up a couple of assists on um, Friday night. Yeah, and and he is um, for where he plays, playing a little bit further forward than than we've seen of the last couple of seasons, and that's probably because um, Favre has gone for this um, three four three now, which I think does suit Dortmund well. I know they didn't do particularly well midweek or, or last weekend. Take that aside, I think. Once they've gone to this three at the back, it does allow Hakimi and Guerrero the license to roam forward. And Rafael Guerrero is playing some of the best football I've seen him play in a long time at the moment, getting himself on the score sheet. And Hakimi as well has also got himself a couple of goals, but it is the assists that are really um, helping. And yeah, he's got an eye for a good pass price. So that's the sort of thing that Dortmund wants at the moment. But if we look at where they are in the table now, third on 42 points, I mean... They were in control of that game against Leverkusen um, last weekend, last match day, and they really now should be on forty-five, um, you know, dead level with Leipzig, um, or they probably might be in front of them if they would have won that game because of the goal difference. But they should be breathing down the back of Bayern, not four points behind them. So uh, we'll see how crucial that game against Leverkusen was because at the minute Bayern just look unbelievable. But yeah, with one eye on Europe. Um, they can't have asked for a better result price going into that because they're going to play a very dangerous PSG 
um, a, a side that is coached by someone who knows them exceptionally well. So in order of a, a warm-up game for them, the 4-0 win against Frankfurt was exactly what they needed to shrug off that you know, shock defeat against Leverkusen, which it was when they were in control of that game. And also going out of the cup, it's exactly what they needed. Yeah, just as Chris said, you know, Leverkusen, if they had won that game, I mean, we would have seen them with an additional three points and just sitting a point behind Bayern, uh, level with RB Leipzig, a bit of a missed opportunity there. But, you know, there's still a long way to go and there's plenty of points to be able to be got and lost. So we'll just see how that pans out for them. Chris, I'm going to go back to you. And yes, you mentioned that they're playing PSG on Tuesday night and coached by someone that knows them very well. That is Thomas Tuchel, their former or their former coach. Um, <laughs> I mean, I I can only imagine there's going to be an awful lot of goals in this tie, Chris. Um, how do you see it going? Oh, wow. Put me on the spot there. Um, I think it's going to come down to away goals. Um, PSG have been quite good um, in their home ground. Uh, I was there the other season when Liverpool played there and PSG were a step above, cut above, and Liverpool got to the final that season. Um, but at Anfield... You know they they looked a bit shocked at times, um, and I think the Westfalen Stadion's got the ability to do that. The noise it'll make, um, and the capacity is reduced slightly, but it's still a, a packed out stadium, um, and it, and it could help um, Dortmund there because they are a talented side. Um, now whether they have Neymar is a different question. I know he's, he's a doubt at the moment, but sometimes without them, I, I think PSG can play a little better. So it's going to be a tough one, but. Um, it's Thomas Tuchel going back to Dortmund um, and I think when Manu and I were in Germany midweek last week um, there was uh, the, the story broke that they haven't spoken and, and well, that relationship's been gone for what two and a half years now um, so it's going to be an odd one for them walking back um, it's going to be quite emotional I think for Tuchel as well Obviously, what happened with the bus a couple of seasons ago um, on the way to the stadium, that was a Champions League clash. Uh, it's going to be a high emotion game. And I think you'll see a lot of emotion from Thomas Tuchel on the side because I think he'll be well up for winning this one, Bryce. Um, and it depends what Dortmund they get. I know we've said this a lot this season, but if Dortmund turn up, the Dortmund that we saw against Frankfurt and the attacking Dortmund that we saw against Leverkusen, and when I was there the other week before that against Cologne, it'll be an impressive game. But if they're not upward defensively, then the likes of Mbappe, etc. will literally tear them apart. I think you saw against Barcelona, Chris, when they had Barcelona at home, what this Dortmund side can be capable of against a big side, right? That's that was, That's probably the benchmark when it comes to both defending, but also in the attacking play. Um when it comes to them hosting PSG on, I believe it's on Tuesday. We can get anything delivered from furniture to toilet paper. And now, adult beverages with Drizzly. Drizzly lets you compare prices from local liquor stores on a huge selection of beer, wine, and spirits, then get them delivered right to your door in under 60 minutes. And right now, Drizzly's giving all new customers $5 off their first order. Just enter promo code EASY5 at checkout. Download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y dot com. It wouldn't be the holiday season if there wasn't candy, right? Celebrate the holiday season with the Holiday Crush. They've sprinkled candy with a holiday theme and fun-packed challenges every week for five whole weeks, finishing on January 4th. The more challenges you complete, the better your chances of unwrapping delicious rewards. So, are you ready to crush the holidays? Play the Holiday Crush now. Download it from the App Store, Google Play, or Windows Store for free. Terms and conditions apply. Yeah, it really should be a great game. That's two European ties that we've covered now that uh, I can only imagine there'll be plenty of goals involved in it. It'll, it'll be interesting to see just way, what way it goes. I'm sure Dortmund will want to get one over 
on their former coach. Um, guys, let's go back to the Bundesliga then, uh, and let's uh, go back to Manu's RB uh, weekend. I don't know whether I'm allowed to say RB or, or Red Bull, but we're going to talk about Leipzig. And uh, Leipzig kept the pressure on Bayern Munich this weekend with uh, an emphatic win over Werner Bremen. Uh, Manu, it, it seemed like um, RB were back to their uh, ways, scoring plenty of goals and lots of attacking football after um, a bit of a tricky game against Bayern last week. Yeah, I thought Leipzig were phenomenal. Um, they... They did not take long to um, figure out this Werder Bremen side and put them to the sword. Um, it was it was at times not even fair. I think that going into this game, um, Florian Kofeld had a plan. It's the plan that he uses in, in every game um, all the time. And um, Nagelsmann knew what his plan was and his side took about... I recorded the first chance at six minutes in. That's how long Leipzig took to to realize, okay, this is how we're going to um, be dangerous against them. And um, on the going the other way, Werder Bremen had had almost no no attacking uh, chances at all um, to start the match. And um, I was effectively putting together my match report 60 minutes in um, because the game at that point was wrapped up with this, with a three 0 win for Leipzig, and uh, Nagelsmann started to rotate players in and out, and I think that um, it says a lot about the state of both teams that Leipzig were able to um, to quickly uh, overwhelm this Werder Bremen side and then go into reserve mode uh, with the game midweek in mind, right? Because they could have easily won this game 7-0, um, Bryce. They were they were that effective in, in front of goal. Um, but they didn't need to, right? So why would you? Um, and still we're able to, even with the players coming in, rotating in, we're able to, to shut out this Werder side. And it, it says a lot about Werder that um, Kofeld's... And this is, this is something that we've chatted about many, many times uh, on this podcast, is that... Uh, Florian's Kofeld plan A is to play very attractive, good football. Unfortunately, the the tactics are very easy to figure out for their for his opponents, and that's why they are second last in the standings in the Bundesliga standings, right? Uh, I think um, when you when you look at this Leipzig side and the way they played, and um, they had a they had a little bit of a wobble in the first half of the season as well, right? When Nagelsmann first came in, then they had a little bit of a wobble going into the second half of the season where they dropped points. They dropped four points um, to Bayern. Um, sorry, five actually, because Bayern are a point ahead of them now, right? Um, they came out of the winter break four points ahead. Um, they had a little bit of a wobble. And then they faced Bayern in a game that I thought Bayern would win. Um, they faced them, and I thought actually, looking back defensively, they were very solid in this game, and getting a point in Munich is always good. And uh, now they're just back to the side that they were before. And I think that if they play the way they do did um on Saturday. Um it's just going to be very difficult for anyone to beat them. Uh, I think that what makes them so dangerous, Bryce, and this is something that I have noted down in the in the match report, is that they have so many players that can be dangerous for them. And um Timo Werner is now having a few off days. But it doesn't really matter because in comes in is Patrick Schick, right, the guy that they brought in on loan from Roma and he scores a header. Um, then they have Konrad Leimer midfield, who was, who was absolutely outstanding in, in his transition game. And the, the pass that he played to Nordi Mukiele before the 3-0 was just outstanding. And then um, they have so many weapons when it comes to their set pieces. Um, you know, Klostermann, Halstenberg, um, their defenders. Um, and then on top of that, they brought in Dani Omo. It makes this side really difficult to defend against. And it makes the side... Um, very difficult to play against, and I think that um, when you when you look at this game, I think it shows everything that is good about Leipzig, and it shows it both in their attacking play and in their defensive play. But Manu, I, I think before we talk about um, RB's uh, European game coming up against Tottenham, uh, you need to tell us whether Timo Werner is going to sign for Liverpool. I mean, that that's what everyone's asking, right? I will not say on this podcast that Liverpool is going to sign Timo Werner or vice versa. Um, I think that the reality is that Timo Werner has an exit clause that by 
and some people are reporting that that exit clause has to be triggered by the end of April. And I'm also not saying that Liverpool are not going to be the side that is going to trigger that. I think there's a very good chance that they, they are among the teams looking at him. And from what I've been hearing, there have also been chats between Liverpool and representatives of Timo Werner. Now, before anyone goes protesting and says, no, this is not allowed, it's illegal, all that kind of stuff, clubs talk to other players of other teams all the time. It's very common practice. So don't be shocked by these news. Um, and it's nothing nothing uh, conspiracy-related or anything. This is just something that's going on in transfer market all the time. I, I think there was even an excellent piece in The Athletic dissecting exactly how it's done. Um, so don't be shocked by that. Does that mean that Timo Werner will sign there? No. Um, do all, Is there an agreement in place? No, there absolutely is not. Um, because I spoke to Oliver Minslav after the game. Um, I, I had the chance, I just ran into him and asked him if we, if we could speak about it real quick. And he, he agreed. And he said, like, look, uh, there's all these reports that Timo Werner has signed for Liverpool. Um, he said, usually someone in England will write something like that and then everyone else just copies it, even though it's not true. Uh, this is a translated quote. Um, is there a deal in place? No, there is not. Does that mean that Liverpool, that Liverpool will not sign Timo Werner? Uh, no, it doesn't. So I think... We're we all just kind of have to wait and see with what's going on. I think that when you look at the way Timo Werner is playing at the moment, um, I think the suggestion that there is something going on in the background, I, I wouldn't surprise me because he's definitely not playing his best. He's not playing the way he did before the winter break. And I think that is also a fact. I mean, you see it in his body language. You see it in the way he... He conducts himself on the play on the pitch, and of course he's still playing great football. But you know you can see that there's something is on his mind, and it could be something like, "Well, I have to make a decision on my future. Will I stay another year in Leipzig?" And he's reportedly very, very happy in Leipzig. Or will I do make the next step? Do I think he would be an excellent fit for Liverpool? I mean, yeah, from what I've seen, absolutely. And I think he's the sort of signing that Liverpool would automatically go for. He's he's a player that. Um, at 60 million euros, his exit clause is, is very low in comparison to his market value. I mean, we have him listed at transfer market, I think, at 80 million euros. So you, you would be able to sign him below the market value, which is um, a fantastic deal. Um, he can, and maybe Chris can expand on this, but I don't know, but I think he would fit in very well in that front three. So I think there's a lot of reasons for Vienna to maybe go to a coach like um Jurgen Klopp and play for that side but I think there's also when you look at the Leipzig side the way they play I think he could also you know develop very well in Leipzig as well um, so I think we'll, this is going to be a story that is going to um, that's going to be a part of this podcast for a little while longer Yes, I would go to Chris on that topic of Timo Werner, but somehow I think we're going to be talking about that many, many times over the coming weeks and months on the podcast. So let's go to Chris, but let's talk about the European tie that's coming up. RB Leipzig will be heading to the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. And Chris, you're going to be there. I'm sure you're looking forward to it. A fantastic ground. How do you see the game turning out? Uh, yes, I am looking forward to going um, back to Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Didn't make it for the the Bayern game um, not too long ago, where Bayern obviously ran riot. Um, but yes, confirmed accreditation for for the game on Wednesday. I'm in Madrid the night before, so it's a bit of a quick hop over to Tottenham. But yeah, real looking forward to it. Beautiful stadium, uh, great food, Bryce, which as you'll know is number one in my priorities when it comes to stadium. And um, the food's top notch, but the football should be just as good. Be good because you've got um, Julian Nagelsmann there, who plays a really exciting brand of football, and you've got Jose Mourinho, who can either play a really exciting brand of football or you can just sit it out and block it out. For this particular match with Tottenham being at home, I think you'll see the exciting style of football that Tottenham play um, and maybe that sit back and low block um, when the tie ends up at the um, RB Arena. So for this particular leg, I think it'll be a fascinating tie because if Leipzig play the way they've done, I think they'll cut Tottenham open. Um, but also... Tottenham have got the ability to cut Leipzig open as well. So we could see a 2-2-3-3, which would be a classic for a neutral. Um, I, I think this game is won in the second leg unless either side runs away with it. I mean, if Leipzig get a couple of goals and, and Tottenham can't reply, then you'd say two away goals in your back pocket's pretty decent. But I can see this being 
a really good game and, and coming down to the to the last 90 minutes in the second leg of the round of 16. But yeah, it's going to be fascinating. I love seeing Leipzig play away, um, especially when they're playing in England or the UK. Um, I think they've got a real good a good travel inside. It was up at Celtic not so long ago um, when I think they had other things on their mind, but they still put a half-decent side out and played some good football. Um, so yeah, looking forward to seeing them play in Tottenham. And of course, Bryce, looking forward to try and track someone down to speak about Timo Werner. Um, and that we will just put in the lap of the gods. Yes, here's hoping you do. Um, everything's Timo Werner at the moment, isn't it? I just hope that he scores some goals uh, because everyone asks me so much questions about how good he is. And us three obviously know in the Bundesliga he is spectacular at times. And just look at his goal-scoring record. That goes to, to say it all, really, um, he, you know, that he's keeping up with Lewandowski. But... Guys, we've, we've talked about Dortmund. We've we've talked um, about RB as well. Uh, two sides that are, you know, hunting down the uh, Bundesliga title. But there's another side that just don't want to go away at the moment, and that's Borussia Mönchengladbach. They are hanging on in there. And Manu, you, when when do you think this is going to fade? When do you think this is going to change? Uh, we said that you know, the likelihood is that it fades away, but on the late game on Saturday, they managed to beat Fortuna 4-1. and Just impressed once again. Yeah, very impressive. Um, I think this is a side that is slowly picking up. They had a little wobble. I mean, every one of the title contenders the season had their wobble. Um, Chris and I were in Gladbach, of course, just before the winter break when they exited the Europa League um, against oh, Basak Sahir. I hope I said this right. Uh, if you're a Turkish listener, I'm sorry if I butchered it. Um, today, uh, sorry, on Saturday night, they were they were excellent. Uh, I was really happy to see Lars Stindl play the way he did because he's a player that had a lot of injury problems Um was part of a part of the German national team at the Confederations Cup, and then um, after that, just struggled with lots and lots of injuries. And he was he was outstanding um, in the game against Fortuna Düsseldorf. Scored two goals and therefore one win. Uh, Florian Neuhaus as well. I, I thought um, had a, such a good game, and it's going to be so much fun to see Florian Neuhaus play for the German national team. And it, it makes you also realize, um, you know, when you look at the the full squad that that Lappach put out the players that they have to their disposal. And of course, the head coach that they have, and Marco Rose was one of my favorite coaches in the Bundesliga. They have a very good side, and they they are keeping up with, with the top four. Um, currently, they're four points behind Bayern. But remember, they have a game in hand um, against Köln, and that, that game got blown away literally last week because of uh, Sturm Sabine, right? Um, a storm that impacted this podcast a bit as well. And the makeup game will be March 11th. And I think when they play like they did, um, did, did on Saturday, I think they're going to have a brilliant chance of going on 45 points. And that would put them right in the middle of the title race. And yeah, they are a side that just doesn't want to go away because every time you kind of see a weaker performance, you're like, okay, well, this is it. Um, surely now they're out of the title race. And then they have their spotlight is off them because we kind of forget that they exist. And this, this is this is not me being funny or anything, but I, we kind of forget that they exist. And then they do something like they did on Saturday night, and you're like, oh yeah, right, they're still there. They're only four points behind in a game in hand behind Bayern. And I think this is a side that I think we're going to we're going to see them stick stick with it till the very end. Now I I really do, and I think that because they have already been through their wobble, and a big one for me. Um, they have the, the midweeks off now. And I think that can really aid you in the title race. Yeah, absolutely. That can make all the difference, can it? We, we've seen enough sides come off a European game and, and then struggle to get the job done domestically. Uh, you made a good point, uh, Manu, that you know their game has been rearranged with Cologne for March 11th. That really is going to make all the difference if they can beat them uh, you'll give them the additional three points and the game before that is against Borussia Dortmund so you know that that's going to be um, an interesting period for them in a few weeks time but let's talk about Cologne well okay maybe not talk too much about Cologne but we'll talk more about Bayern Munich they played today uh, the early kickoff on Sunday and 
well, Chris, it was a rather one-sided affair, but it, it could have been so much worse. After five minutes, you and I were saying that this could be double figures. They were 2-0 up, Byron. Um, thankfully for Cologne, the game only ended 4-1. And I think you and I will agree, we were messaging during it, um, that we can't really believe that it was only 4-1 to Byron. No, um, but Cologne had a nightmare. As you say, they were 2-0 down in the first five minutes, but... They were 3-0 down after the first 15, I think, and then um, Bayern went on and hit both the bar and the post. So it could have been more than the final score at half-time. Um, yeah, they were, They just looked like a side. I mean, I know it's carnival time in Cologne at the moment, but they look like a side who, who've been on the um, the beer wheels that Manu and I had in December. Um, yeah, Bayern were exceptional. And I think if you're going to be hypercritical about Bayern, th- this probably should have been 8 or 9-1. And that's the only bit of criticism I can throw Bayern's way. Uh, Thomas Muller, I thought, was excellent. Um, looking like a real good player again. Um, not that he was never a good player, but people always ask the question... You know, is Thomas Muller finished? You know, he's he's thirty now. Is he past his best? And and every time somebody asks that question, he delivers the sort of uh, performance that we saw today. I thought Manuel Neuer was really good as well. Um, I tweeted out midway through the game. Don't know what um, Alexander Nubel's going to do when he comes in next season because Manuel Neuer looks nowhere near ready to stop. And let's remember, I know he's thirty three, but he's a goalkeeper, so. Um, he's got a high level of fitness already. Um, he's very good with his feet. He's not slowing down mentally. So he could potentially, Bryce, play for another four years as a top-level goalkeeper. Um, so, yeah, old Nubel will have to get used to that. Um, Gnabry, excellent. Going to be a critic slightly. Probably should have walked away with more than you know the two goals that he had. Um, but, yeah, Cologne were poor. Got the ball in the back of the net a couple more times, but they rightly uh, ruled out for offside. Got themselves a bit of a consolation goal um, towards the end with Mark Uth, um, showing that he can still do the business. When they were battered the other week by Dortmund, he was still getting himself on the score sheet. But yeah, this game was over in essence. I mean, it was probably over after five minutes, Bryce, because Cologne were never going to come back from that 2-0 down. So... I think maybe Brian, um, maybe Bayern took their foot off the gas a little bit and, and Cologne can be thankful for that. But yeah, very, very good day um, at the office for Bayern. Um, when all teams around them put in good performances, Gladbach, Dortmund, Leipzig, this was a really good um, response to that playing on the Sunday. So yeah, no qualms there. They're top of the table for a reason. And I know we want to see a different champion at the moment, but if they end up winning it again, playing football like that, you can't deny them it. You know, Bryce, that was the fastest three goals in Bayern history since 1978. Wow. <laughs> Just wow. I mean, as... Chris said, you know, we're, we're really looking at a team that have hit their stride at the moment, uh, haven't we? Yes, they, they failed to win last weekend, but um, you know, they, they played some great stuff then as well against RB. But, you know, Manu, it's, it's, it's hard to look past Bayern at the moment, isn't it? They're, they're only a point above RB at the top of the table, but they're definitely the informed team. And, and, and they seem to do this. Uh, nearly every year, we, we they almost lure us into this um, area of thinking, oh, maybe maybe they'll get beat this year. Maybe somebody else will beat them. But then they really know how to turn it on in the second half of the season, don't they? Uh, yeah, but the season is still long. And they had a very good start under Kovac this year as well. And then it just kind of um, fell flat. So... Let's see what happens when the when the Champions League rolls around. I think that is that's going to be the big one for me. When when once the fixture ca- fixtures become a little bit denser, and um, I still think that they they their number one squad, the squad that they put out, you know, hands down, that's the best starting. They have the best starting eleven in the entire league, but I don't think they have the best overall squad at the moment. And that's the thing for me, Bryce. It's always just one key injury away from being um being maybe in trouble but at the moment absolutely i mean what hansi flick has been has done with the side is is remarkable um so yeah as chris said they're playing great football and if they win the title like that then really nobody can complain 
Yeah, well, they've got Paderborn coming up next. That's it, uh, top of the table against the bottom of the table. So uh, Bayern will be probably happy to have that uh, home tie coming up. And then they've got their uh, game against Chelsea in the Champions League. And no doubt we'll touch on that next week. Um, Manu, we're going to go back to you quickly. Um, just uh, two small, well, not small at all, uh, two little points to uh, finish off the podcast. Um, some news on Rummenigge on the uh, Club World. Cup. What exactly is going on there? Yeah, the Club World Cup. I mean, I covered this really quickly for um, Transfermarkt, and um, the 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 new Club World Cup. Of course, um, Liverpool fans, a lot of Liverpool fans, will probably pay pay close attention to it because they just won it, right? There's going to be a reform. It's going to go to 24 teams. It's going to replace the Confederations Cup. And um, the Europe is going to send eight teams, and there has been some talk about who these eight teams are going to be. There was some talk that maybe it's going to be the last uh, eight Champions League winners. Now it's, um, oh, sorry, the last four Champions League winners and the last four Europa League winners. Um, apparently, they've gone away from that. It's going to be the last four Champions League winners and the uh, top four seeded teams that not have won the Champions League in um, the the club standings. So. Yeah, it's good news for Bayern because they're currently third in those standings. So, you know, they're, they're very high up. They would qualify. And Karl-Heinz Rummenigge spoke about this, said it's, it's a good thing for the, for Bayern. It's a good thing that they reformed this competition uh, because it means more money, right? Um, the, the new competition, every club that will start in the new Club World Cup will receive $50 million and the winner will receive $110 million. So I can see why clubs are interested in that the, the format and the qualification motors will benefit as many of the big clubs as possible in Europe. Very exciting, very interesting news. Eh? We'll have to uh, see how that one pans out. Um, and then I suppose we need to talk about the rather large news that came out on Friday about Manchester City being banned from Champions League football for two years uh, and also with a heavy fine. Obviously, they're set to appeal it, but um, this could have an impact not just on the Manchester club, but uh, on, on many other clubs in, in different ways. Champions League spot, obviously, in the in the Premier League, but also transfers when it comes down to it. Um, Manu, what exactly did you want to touch on regarding their, their transfers? Is it players that are going to jump ship, yeah, do you think? I mean, Leroy I'm, Sané, sure, I'm sure right? I can ask... <laughs> Yeah, the, the, this is the word I was just about to bring up, and that's Sané. Um, I want to speak to both of you guys very quickly. Um, is is he going to leave? I mean, he was so close previously before that well, injury. if there's been any doubts about whether Bayern have a chance to get him, I think um, if this is all being held up, but I think even just the the threat of it um, is going to make it much easier now for Bayern to convince someone like Sané um, to, to get this done and uh, maybe for the agents that represent Sane to put the pressure on Man City as well um, I think in, in general uh, you know uh, Bayern are going to be one of the clubs benefiting from this um, you know I think Chris tweeted out a statistic uh, what was it 600 million pounds worth of players deficit that Man City have spent in the last 10 years um, on, on, on transfers uh, you can see that they that something has went on and um that UEFA obviously found him guilty. And I think that some clubs will now look at Man City and say, like, if they're not playing Champions League, we want to get those talents. For Bayern, that means Sané. It could maybe even mean Pep Guardiola. It's a rumor that doesn't want to go away, right? And where there's uh, smoke, there's fire. So it would be interesting to see how how maybe a club like Bayern will benefit from it. But yeah, it's it's a, it's definitely an interesting developing story. Chris, are we likely to see uh, Wolfsburg go back in for Kevin De Bruyne? <laughs> no, um, I think he would be top of uh, many um, <laughs> other um, managers and sporting directors' wish lists. Um, I mean, me personally, I think this ban will get halved by the Court of Arbitration for Sport. Um, it's the sort of thing they do. Um, I think the problem Manchester City have got is because they um, admitted their indiscretions a lot long a long time ago it's around about 2013 but then it's it's the way afterwards they've covered it up which I think has annoyed UEFA um, I can see them getting a ban and and I can see players leaving if it goes down to one I think some players may stay um don't know if the manager will stay but it will certainly impact but I mean me personally I, I think Leroy Sane goes to Bayern Munich whether Manchester City get 
um, a two-year ban, a one-year ban, or no ban. Uh, I think that deal gets done. Um, otherwise, it'll look really bad on um, Hassan Samahaladic because it's Bayern's top, top-level player, the, the the man they all want above everybody else. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how it works out, Bryce. But I think that deal is a side to what happens at Manchester City um, completely. Yeah, I think you could be right on that one, Chris. But guys, that more or less does it for this week. Uh, Manu, what have you got going on coming up? Uh, have you got any games that are going to midweek? Yeah, I'm going to uh, Frankfurt against Salzburg. It's actually very convenient for me because I'm flying back to um, Canada on Friday so from Frankfurt. So I'm taking the train to Frankfurt, capturing that game and uh, do the report and then fly back the next day. Very good, very exciting game to go to. And Chris, apart from going to the Tottenham Stadium, have you got anything else coming up this week you'd like to draw people's attention to? Oh, yeah. So I've got the um, Bundesliga recap for the International Champions Cup. That'll be out uh, Monday. Um, it's obviously Sunday now to record that, along with the Premier League recap. Um, and then later on in the week, after all the games are gone, I've got the European recap. Um, I'm at Madrid on Tuesday to see Atletico Madrid play Liverpool and straight into Tottenham. Um, no no partying for me, unfortunately, flying straight back. Um, and then as you listen to this podcast, it will probably be Monday morning, there will be an exclusive on Borussia Dortmund, um, an embargoed story that I can't tell you about at the moment. It's not a transfer story, Bryce, so please don't think it's about Jaden Sancho moving to England. It's not. It's a business um, embargo, but that shall be out tomorrow as well. Oh, you should just drag that one out. Everyone would have been tuning in to see the news, Chris, but um, it's going to be exciting regardless, but maybe just not on Jaden Sancho yet. Eh? See what I'm doing there? Building it up. Anyway, um, that more or less does it for us this week. Hopefully you enjoyed the podcast. We'll be back before you know it, uh, talking about the European Games midweek, the, obviously the Bundesliga Games, and the more European Games coming up um yeah so it's a plenty going on at the moment i've been your host bryce dunn you can find me on twitter at bryce dunn 11 until then i'll feed us in ich war seit wochen auf diesen tag und tanz vor freude über den asphalt als wär's ein Rhythmus, als gäb's ein Lied, das mich immer weiter durch die Straßen zieht. Komm dir entgegen, ich hab zu holen. It wouldn't be the holiday season if there wasn't candy, right? Celebrate the holiday season with the Holiday Crush. They've sprinkled candy with a holiday theme and fun-packed challenges every week for five whole weeks, finishing on January 4th. The more challenges you complete, the better your chances of unwrapping delicious rewards. So, are you ready to crush the holidays? Play the Holiday Crush now. Download it from the App Store, Google Play, or Windows Store for free. Terms and conditions apply. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.